Okay, before I um, deliver the main message to you today, just for a moment I would like you to consider what it means to study God's Word. Think about it. Many truly do not realize just what is involved. What will you need? You'll need zeal, a desire, a hunger to draw closer to God. You need to become immersed in God's Word. Such is the importance of these words that you will firstly need to ask God to help you to understand their meaning. You need to ask God to reveal to you, to open your eyes and your ears so that you can see and hear the word and to open your heart to understand the word. Why? So that it can be continually renewed within your mind. Allow me to give you an example. Let's just take, I don't know, a chapter from the Bible. Um, someone give me a, a chapter. What was that? Romans, all right, Romans 12, they are. Now, let's have a look. There are only a few verses, if I remember rightly. How many? Let's have a look. Okay, there are only 21 verses in this chapter. It's a short chapter, and it's a very easy chapter to read. Now, being so easy to read, you would think that it could be read in a few moments. And that with your own intellect and your own understanding of our English language, you should be able to read and understand it with no problem at all. You would think that, wouldn't you? But no. That is not correct. That is the pitfall that Satan wants you to fall into. He wants you to think like that. Why? So that we will skip over the true meanings of the words and miss out on what God is really trying to say to us. Why? Because he knows if we were to truly grasp hold of the real meaning of the words that God has laid down within this his Bible then you will have the ability to transform your lives and to become a very powerful adversary to him you see he knows that a person who is walking in the power the true power and anointing of the Holy Spirit of God that they can bear wondrous fruit and power, and that they can see many miracles and lives saved and given over to God through Jesus. Let us take a look, so I can give you an example. The first two verses of chapter 12. It was chapter 12 you chose, wasn't it? Yeah, chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the, mirror, by the mercies of God, 
present your bodies a living sacrifice acceptable to God which is in your spiritual service of your worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove the will of God so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect now that I suppose took I don't know 30 seconds 60 seconds to read and that was just two verses so 12 verses wouldn't take very long now can we see what God was saying to us in those two verses if you were to skip through it reading it quickly and trying to understand it in your own power in your own understanding you would miss out it's difficult for me to express or explain what I'm trying to say to you let's look at those verses again therefore I urge you brethren he urges us it's important by the mercies of God he's saying to us God is merciful to present your bodies a living sacrifice acceptable to God already just in those few lines he is saying it is important vitally important that we present our bodies a living sacrifice that is acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship not to worship in the body not to worship in the mind in the carnal world but in the spirit and not to be conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect just in those two verses we have learned that we need to understand fully that we need to present ourselves to God that we need to transform our thinking we need to conform to God's word not our word we need to conform to the living word we need to feed on it we need to continually renew our minds why so that we can prove the will of God because it is a good and acceptable and it is perfect God's word is perfect Satan wants you to not understand he wants you to not study God's word he wants you to to miss out on its true meaning because he knows it will transform your lives
Now I want to put a little test to you today. I want you to test your own knowledge and your own understanding. When in the Bible was Jesus walking the streets, but in the eyes of the Jewish law he was classed as unclean. I'll ask you again. When in the Bible was Jesus walking the streets, but in the eyes of the Jewish law he was classed as unclean? I had someone say to me once, how can you ever say Jesus was unclean? That isn't what I'm saying. I'm saying in the eyes of the Jewish law, he was classed as unclean. Okay, let's open our Bibles to Mark 5, 21 to 43. Jesus was talking to the crowd when a synagogue officer named Jairus came to him and bowed down at his feet. Moreover, he begged Jesus to come with him, as his daughter was ill and was near to death. He said, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her, so that she will get well and live. Now Jesus, being full of compassion and love, he turned to walk away with the man. However, the crowd was around him, and there was a huge multitude of people, and they were jostling him, all sorts of people. Then a woman who had been ill for many years, she had suffered from a serious loss of blood. She was so desperate to be healed, no one else could heal her. All the doctors of the time had failed to heal her. She had spent all of her money, and no one could help her. Now, in her desperation, when on hearing that Jesus was visiting, she resolved in her mind, even though she knew it was strictly forbidden under Jewish law, that she was going to go out and find Jesus. Now, under Jewish law, anyone who has a serious issues of blood is classed as unclean and cannot touch others and must keep themselves separated. Now when she saw Jesus, he was dressed in his prayer shawl, a talis or talit, a symbol, a garment, a shroud-type cloak, which envelopes a Jew both physically and spiritually and prayer and celebrations and in joy and sorrow. It's it's a shawl that is worn over the shoulders and if I remember right when they pray they put their arms outwards in the shawl and they lift it up over their heads and pull their hands forward and it forms a tent and when you hear in the Bible or read in the Bible that you go into your tent to pray if I remember right, that is what they are referring to. It's the lifting of the shawl over your head so that the outside world is kept away from you and your mind and your concentration is there, focused on God, focused on your prayers. Now Jesus was dressed in these clothes, which was a typical dress 
thoughtful people of that day. In Deuteronomy 22 verse 12 and Numbers 15, 34 to 40, it speaks unto the children of Israel and bid them that they may make fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations and it shall be unto you a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. These were the tassels that hung off the end of the shawl. Now they are called tzitzit or something I can't pronounce it it's a strange word anyway it comes from you can read about it in Malachi 4 verse 2 but unto you that fear thy name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings Malachi 4 verse 2 now as the woman approached Jesus she could have touched any part of him but no, she only touched the hem, the tassels of the shawl of his garment. Now you saw you would think that's a strange thing for her to do. She could have touched any part of him, his leg, his arms, his body, but she only touched that specific area. And Jesus instantly realised that life has flowed through him. And he stopped and he asked who had touched him. His disciples were perplexed and tried to tell him that the crowd was many and that he was simply just being jostled. But Jesus insisted that someone had touched him. Now on seeing what had happened, the woman owed up and explained why she had touched his shawl the hem of his shawl, the fringes. In Malachi 4 verse 2 it says it brings healing in his wings. Now remember it was the custom for people to wear these shawls and Jesus strictly preached and kept the law so that no one could have any issues with him. That woman had so much faith that she knew the word of God stated that those tassels on that garment of the shawl the word of God was placed onto those tassels and in faith she touched the very word of God when worn by Jesus now Jesus was the living word of God she was instantly healed instantly not ten minutes later, not too much down the line, instantly healed, where all others had failed. However, by touching Jesus under Jesus' law, this is where the answer to the question that I gave you earlier on comes in. She had made him unclean. Now most sermons you hear will overlook this. You see, there's poor old Jairus. He was still standing there waiting for Jesus to come and heal his daughter. I can imagine that he was getting quite anxious and he couldn't understand why Jesus was so concerned about someone who had just touched him in a multitude and a crowd of people. His daughter was dying. 
his daughter needed Jesus and someone had touched him in a crowd you can just see in his mind what he must have been thinking but then a servant came to Jairus and told him that it was too late that his daughter was now dead I don't know about you but can you imagine what must have gone through that poor man's mind how his heart must have been wrenched how Satan must have whispered into his mind now if Jesus hadn't have stopped if Jesus hadn't have asked who touched me in this crowd of people he would have been there and he could have saved your daughter's life yet this man's faith was incredible he still asked Jesus to go to his home and heal her now this child was dead and he's asking Jesus to come and heal her such was his faith that he knew he could heal her so Jesus still being filled with compassion and love went with him and when he got there there was a crowd of professional mourners such was the custom in their day and Jesus ordered them out of the way it's an interesting thought but I have heard that when in times are in turmoil all around you it's sometimes best to order certain people out of the way of your life so that you can focus those eyes and those thoughts onto God and that's just what Jesus did he only took with him Peter James and John now why did he do that because he knew he could heal her without them but for us we need to realize in such situations put aside the doubters and the so-called clergy and people of no faith and only take with you those of strong faith those who have their eyes focused on God's word they're the people in such a situation that you need to be around you not the doubters not the people who are going to tell you all sorts of lies and false truths Jesus went into that room where the dead girl lay now again under Jewish law he would have been forbidden to enter the room and to touch a dead person but God had already dealt with that issue so that Satan could not bring that up against him Jesus had been touched by an unclean woman who had an issue of blood and in the eyes of the Jewish law Jesus was now himself unclean so he could legally enter that room and he could legally touch that girl when he saw the little girl she had been wrapped up in the prayer shawl as was custom to do with children who had died this is the very prayer shawl that in their faith contains the living word of God the word of God it had been completely wrapped around her Jesus took her by the hand and said 
Talithia Kum. Now I hope I've pronounced that correctly. He was talking to the child who was wrapped up in the word of God. And he was telling her to arise. And this child was dead. All life had left her. And yet Jesus spoke the word of life to her. And he told her to arise. Immediately she did. And Jesus told the people to give her something to eat. Now whenever I hear that story, so many people miss out the wondrous miracles and other facts that make that part of the story so much more powerful. And that takes me back to what I tried to tell you at the beginning. Now you can read that from within the Bible. But how many people have missed out, have not understood what God was saying to them? How many people have read that Jesus was touched by an unclean woman, but not realised why Jesus was touched by an unclean woman? So that he could legally enter that room and legally touch that dead child. Sadly, in our translation from the original word of scriptures, we have lost so many of the true meanings. I guess Satan is trying to water down our faith. As hearing the word of God in the fullness of its meaning and strength, it creates life and healing. I want you today, from this moment onwards, before you start studying and reading God's Word, to pray first and to fully understand and to ask Him to reveal to you the true meaning of what it is you're about to read. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.